0: It's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more, and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast.
1: A production of John Canzano's Baldface Truth. Back to the Bald-Faced Truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game.
0: There's nobody better on the Oregon Ducks. Then our next guest, Tyson Alger. You can read him at the I five corridor. He has been in and around and on that beat for long time. Tyson, how long have you been like technically around that beat? Your start, like the first couple games you covered.
1: The the very first Oregon football game I covered was the first game of Marcus Mariota's Heisman season. So twenty fourteen. All right. I got on a I got on at a good point. It was it was it was a nice nice time to join the beat.
0: <laughs> Let's look at. Mariota. I was thinking about this uh, earlier in the week on the show. I was looking at Justin Herbert, Marcus Mariota, Joey Harrington, Achilles Smith, Dan Fouts, Chris Miller. I was trying to figure out where Bo Nix is going to end up in that hierarchy. Transfer quarterback who comes in has a really good season last year. You know, could have could have a Heisman type season this year. Where where what's what's Bo Nix? Where does he fit in Oregon's history at that position?
1: Yeah, I I think he's got potential to to really carve himself out a unique spot in there because he's the modern twenty twenty three quarterback, the guy who came over in the transfer portal, and you know while at most he's going to be here two years, I, I think it depending on the success of this season, it, it could be it could be up there with with Marcus with with Justin and with all those other greats because I think when you look at the situation that Bo came into, this this was right after Mario Cristobal left. It was right as uh, Oregon was in the, oh, here we go again with rebuilding and the fact that he came in, he put up the best season of his career and he's really kind of embraced like his role as the starting quarterback of the Oregon Ducks. Like he's, he's as like, He's as earnest and uh, modest as, you know, the, the Herberts and Marcuses before him. But he really does seem to enjoy um, or at least find comfort in, in kind of the spotlight a bit. Like, I think he was a perfect guy for the billboard because he's going to say all the right things while also not shy away from being in that spotlight. So, you know, if, if they go on and, and post a 10-11 win season this year and, and Bo puts together a, a season similar to last year, if not better, um, yeah, I, I think uh, I think people are talking about him 10, 15, 20 years from now here around Oregon.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, so much of it hinges on this season for him, different ball game with NIL, and obviously he's one of, like, eight transfers who are going to start games this weekend. But, you know, what did you make of the, the 12-0 and start from the Pac-12? Like, this is a conference that couldn't do anything right all spring, all summer, and then football kicked off, and they were perfect.
1: It just kind of figures, right? I mean, this is... It's just funny that we talked a lot this offseason about, hey, this could be a good year for the Pac-12. We have all the quarterbacks coming back and how it that felt very simplistic. But for the fact for them to actually go into week one or week, week zero and week one and to put together an undefeated a slate so far against pretty quality competition, um, I think it just kind of further exemplifies how stupid this whole realignment thing is. It's, its You have a great conference over here when things are clicking. Uh, the national spotlight has been on the West Coast throughout the first two weeks of the football season. Um, and I think it just shows what we already know in that, that there's a handful of pretty darn good football teams in the Pac-12 this year. But also, I, I think the basement has, has really risen as well. I mean, you can just take a look at Colorado
0: for that. Oregon plays at Texas Tech tomorrow. Lubbock, Texas 4 o'clock Pacific time on Fox. Uh, I asked Bruce Barnum about this game. He thinks Oregon is going to beat Texas Tech by double digits. I'm going that way as well. I picked it 42-20. Am I crazy, Tyson, for for picking Oregon in a blowout?
1: No, not at all. I I think Oregon is locked in. I I think this team is going to be firing under that Will Stein offense. I Uh, Sorry, Texas Tech looked awfully, awfully average in their loss to Wyoming last week. And while I do uh, look forward to seeing uh, Tyler Shuck throw the ball, former Oregon starter, who has a really nice family who, who put a lot of time and effort into their time at Oregon. I just think Oregon's defense is going to be hounding. Um, this is a good test for Oregon's kind of rebuilt secondary, but I, I think the Ducks are going to put up a lot of points in this game. I just don't think Tech's going to be able to manage to hang. The one interesting thing is it's going to be a sellout down there, uh, so it will be interesting to see how the Ducks respond to that type of road environment. But also, this is the majority of this team opened up last season in Atlanta against Georgia, so uh, this, is, this isn't is quite at that level. So. Uh, I I think you're well within your right to expect uh, a a pretty comfortable Oregon win
0: in this one. Dan Lanning, all week long, have you gotten a sense from him talking about the game, whether the questions for Oregon are on the defensive side, on the offensive side? Where does his focus seem to be?
1: uh landing's focus is always on the next day ahead or the next play or the next practice he's he's the most robotic coach in that sense and that's completely fine i think it works for him and obviously you saw a very very focused team uh against portland state on, on saturday but uh, you know i i think you'd like to see a little bit of more pressure from the front seven um but i mean just the the efficiency of the offense i, I was really really impressed with and you know you got a consider the level of competition they played up against. But I think just for everything that you wanted for week one, the Ducks saw it, and and moving into week two, I think just situational football, the fact that Oregon limited its penalties, I think that's going to be a huge factor for them going into this road
0: environment. Mark Helfrich will be on the call for the Fox broadcast team on this game, and I've been wrestling with this uh, today. Uh, I've been thinking about Helfrich and thinking about his tenure, and what are your thoughts? Because you covered the guy. What are your thoughts about the Mark Helfrich era of Oregon football.
1: Whenever I think of Mark Helfrich, I can't get this vision out of my head. Of it was before the national championship game. It was Urban Meyer and Mark Helfrich on the same podium. Uh, it was the first day of media there, and it was just—it just felt like this like meteoric rise for this assistant coach. Like it, it felt like Helfrich was going to be talked about in kind of that echelon of coaches and it still just baffles me how quickly it all fell apart and you know i, I think uh in the time that's passed you you have seen some of the necessary moves from oregon as a program that it wasn't necessarily getting in that you know kind of the, the transition into just going all in on recruiting but i think ultimately like Helfrich gets a pretty bad rap like this guy if you look at his win loss record he's won like 70 percent of his games as a head coach and went to a national championship game yet he was kicked out of town two years later so um i i i i have a lot of respect for mark he was the first first division one football coach i got to cover and he he treated us relatively well and i would really like to see at some point um then welcome him back into eugene or just like you know mention him you know it's uh, we're going to be coming up on ten years here next next year of, the, of that 2014 football team, and I would really like to see Mark involved in some sort of celebration or that program.
0: He was a really good coach, like I, you know, I want to talk about football coach, quarterback coach, offensive coordinator, really good. I didn't ever really buy him as the CEO of the program, and and I've I've wondered for a while that about that and. You know, and I wonder if you can coach that type of thing. Like, could they have gotten him and made him better with media or made him better with boosters or better in making big decisions? But I, I get why they promoted him. They were they were seeking continuity.
1: Yeah, but I mean, with, with the success that Oregon had, like, you didn't want to mess with anything there. I mean, the, the Ducks were coming off their most successful four-year run in program history, and Helfrich was riding shotgun for the vast majority of that. Like, it made sense in all – Uh, I I don't think anyone should fault Rob Mullins for making that hire back in 2013 when it happened. But, um, you know, we've been around this long enough to know, like, head coaches are just different animals, man. And and I'm not saying that some people have it and some people, but it just works for some people and it doesn't work for others. And um, I I, I get more of the vibe from Dan Lanning as, like, this guy wants to just completely run a program more than I did from Mark Elbridge.
0: We're talking to Tyson Alger, i5corridor.com, if you want to check out his work. Oregon uh, going to Lubbock, Texas, to play Texas Tech. Let's uh, let's sort of assess from 20,000 feet, Tyson. You know, a win in this game versus a loss in this game. How much does that change Oregon's goals for the season, trajectory, perception in your mind, win versus loss?
1: Uh, a win in this game will keep everything going as it's expected, I, I think, with this roster and, and just you kind of get a feeling around this program that they think they have the chance to do something special this year. So I, I think it'll be expectation and that just continues the uh, the flight towards, I, I think it's Pac-12 title game or bust, or, or if not more for this team. Uh, a loss would be really tough to come come back from. I, I mean, it doesn't really damper what you're going to do in the Pac-12, but this is an Oregon team that really wants to be in the national conversation, uh, especially here in the final year of the Pac-12. Like, I, I think it would be such such a, a boost for Oregon's overall rep and, and just status to be the last remaining Pac-12 team. And I'm sure the big, big 10 would love welcoming in Oregon with, with both arms as the Pac-12 champion. So um, yeah, I, I, I think a loss would uh, kind of really deflate the sales there in terms of uh going for a playoff chance, especially with Texas Tech loss to Wyoming last week, but I'm I'm not terribly worried about it, John. I think Oregon's gonna roll in this
0: thing. Yeah, and I, I feel the same way. I, I also am looking at Dan Lanning and I'm going, look, he he had some tests last season. He had a test against Oregon State and lost. He had a test in Washington, They lost, passed the test against Utah. And so I kind of feel like this is an opportunity even though Texas Tech lost to Wyoming, it's a road game against a Big 12 team that was supposed to win, like, seven games. And, you know, this is a game Oregon should go in there and, and win the game and, and walk away feeling pretty good about itself.
1: Yeah, this, this reminds like, this This has the feel to it, to me, of a lot of those twenty kind of those Chip Kelly years where you are still facing some decent opponents, but you kind of just expect that Oregon team to go in and win by two or three touchdowns. And if this Oregon team is as good as they think they are, like you said, Texas Tech—they're—they're a—they're a decent, maybe above-average football team, and the level that Oregon thinks they are, they should dominate those those teams, especially with the talents talent the Ducks got got. So, I—that's—that's that's where I'm leaning on this one.
0: I want you to rubberneck a little bit on Oregon State's game. They're—they're going to be at Research Stadium, reopening the stadium, the renovation. They get UC Davis. Um, should be a win. They should go to to two and zero, but. Um, you know what? What do you think that atmosphere is going to be like at Reser and and you know, stadium wise? What is it? What does it do to Oregon State's perception or, or brand to have that stadium be com- finally complete?
1: Yeah, thank thank God they got the thing done before the the conference blew up because I, I know they still owe some money on that thing, but it's kind of hard to uh, to take a stadium back. So at least it's up. And I went to the tour a couple weeks ago, and they just like they did the right perfect job for for what it should be in corvallis it's a really well done stadium there, there's just so much thought put into just all all the areas whether it's just the regular seating to the club seating to a, a really nice press box i'm looking forward to that for the first time i'm looking forward to actually going to cover games at Reese and, and not freezing my butt off in, in that press box but it's it's a stadium where the fans feel right up on top of you it's not too large and the fact that they have a really, really good football team, I, I just think it's going to be a, a party on Saturday. I think it should be a celebration of Oregon State football. I think it should be an acknowledgement of where Jonathan Smith has been able to bring them back to. Obviously, they're not quite to where they want to be, but the fact that they've gotten to this point, the fact that they have like a star in the making, that quarterback in DJU, um, I think it's going to be a fun blowout win for them on Saturday. State rightfully kind of kicks off uh, a, a new era of football.
0: You know, it's um it's a prediction that I don't feel like I'm crawling out very far in the limb, but I think the Civil War football game is gonna determine who goes to Las Vegas. And I, I think Oregon State is good enough to go to Vegas. And I think Oregon is good enough to go to Vegas. And but I, I don't know if both of them can get there unless a bunch of screwy things happen. But, you know, that would be really fun to see a rematch in Vegas since we may and they may not play again. Do you think they should play, Tyson? Do you think Oregon State should turn to Oregon and go, you know what, we'll still play you even though you're leaving, or where Where do you stand on that debate?
1: Oh, man. Like, I, ideally, I would love to, to see it, but also I, I think Oregon State is well within its right to just – I say give them a year or two to just, you know, take a breath, see where they're at, and assess their feelings because I, I think – um, you know, especially if it's a situation where the, the financials between the two programs are that far apart. You know, it's got to be signing up to, to fight Goliath every year uh, for the Beavers if, if it's, there's just that much to speak. But I just think there's too much history. And when we get down to it, the logistics are it's just going to be a close road game for both teams. And, and I think that's uh, going to be a useful thing to have uh, where people are flying across the country for everything. So um, I say take a year or two off, let everyone kind of – simmer down, calm down, and then uh, and then reopen discussion.
0: I, I wonder, too, if Oregon State's going to need those games. Like if they do stay a Pack 2 conference and they say, look, we're going to stay here, harvest the assets, and we're going to just uh, barnstorm and play as many non-conference games as we possibly can. Maybe they play Washington State twice. I don't know what, what ends up happening with that. But if they do that, they might need that game against Oregon, Oregon might welcome it. So we'll see what happens there. Um, All right, so uh, we will catch up with you. I know you've got coverage of the uh, games over the weekend. Look for it at i5corridor.com. And Tyson, we'll catch up with you next week. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks a ton, John. And there he goes, Tyson Alger, uh, who I think is fantastic on that beat. You're looking for Ducks beat coverage. Read Tyson. All right, uh, coming up, some parting thoughts. I'll give you my final, final, final thoughts on week two of the college football season. That's next.